I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlett. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and I don't do backup. And my name is Colin Drucker, and say what you want, I'm not walking out. (laughs) Ooh, yeah. (laughs) There are so many things to choose from, honestly, like every single one of these songs is just great i was listening to it this morning as i was kind of like brushing up and taking notes and i was just like yeah this is this is the real deal i love i love this musical a lot and i love this movie a lot um but i'm speaking very uh mysteriously right now what are we here to talk about today colin we are of course here to talk about dream girls uh which i believe came out in 2006 and um is uh so and that was I know we just did Chicago. So this was after Chicago because Chicago kind of heralded this thing of the new movie musical. Yeah. Bill Condon, who wrote the screenplay for Chicago, basically was approached by, you know, producers and stuff like that to sort of green light this project. So uh, and Chicago was like 2002, I believe, um, or around that time. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting kind of, obviously we've done Chicago now and like, so I've seen that recently and I had not seen dream girls before. And so this was my first time seeing it and hearing most of the music. And so kind of having that, like that through line of, Oh, this is like a new genre that's getting like created, you know? Um, I feel like it's, Mm -hmm. it's this like weird kind of version of the movie musical where I feel like, I don't know, it. I don't feel like they're doing it the same way they did like a Rodgers and Hammerstein's movie musical from the 1950s, like an adaptation of Oklahoma or Carousel, you know? Yeah, it's not just like the musical slapped on screen, if that makes any sense mm-hmm. to you. Because one of the things that we, I mean, I'm saying we, but I, I would assume you love to is how there was there was a point of view for Chicago. It was all told through the lens of Roxy and it was very clear from the beginning without like beating it over the head, even though we're literally zooming into her eyeball. Right. <laughs> like it's right. kind of on the nose or on the eye in this, <laughs> so in this to case. Speak. Yeah. Yeah. But um uh but dr- I'm I'm so excited to talk to you about your first like initial reactions of all this because what did you know? I'm sure you knew certain like cultural references, you know. Effie, we all got pain. Yes. I mean, or just, and of course, and I am, um, and I am telling you uh, that song specifically. Yeah. So, what did you know? What did you not know? Or what were you? Just tell me everything. Yeah. So, um, so I, so my introduction to Dreamgirls is like so many 
gay boys introduction to dream girls it was yeah. musical mondays at splash um, and uh have you had you ever been was the splash open in your time in new york it probably was and you know what i didn't frequent a lot the only time i'd really go out out to gay bars is if i had like gay friends visiting mm-hmm. right because um, right. i mean Amanda and I were pretty much on the same wavelength of we don't want to go out and do things. No. Um, yeah. Especially living in Astoria. Astoria is great. You don't need to go downtown. But yeah, sometimes you make the journey. Sometimes to, it's but, worth it. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and back in this day, this was like, you know, at this point, God, like well over 10 years ago. So I was in my early 20s. I was yeah. um, and I was never a big like musical person. And I think I went there with like some new friends that I had met. And so it was like, OK. Yeah. And I knew Splash because I had been there you know, just on like a Friday or, or a Saturday night, just kind of like looking for validation. And so this was like a Monday night thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, this was a sensible Monday night thing where they would play, you know, and I think so many gay bars do this, right? Where they just play different performances from the Tonys or different like musical yeah. performances or diva performances. And Jennifer Holiday performing, and I'm telling you with the Tonys in a pair of khakis and a blouse. <laughs> for whatever reason it's like yeah that purple yeah that, that soft flowing blouse yeah that she's wearing like, yeah well i'm sorry great. jen was there traffic and you didn't have time to get into something <laughs> she's in a nightgown basically yeah, yeah right and i mean i love it but that was i remember seeing that and it was kind of considered like the pièce de résistance of musical mondays was this, of course was this video and it was like, yeah, it was like late stage cataloging where I was like, oh my God, what is, the, what is she? Like, she is just sweating and her eyes are just bulging and her little arms are sticking out. And I'm just like, <laughs> that, like that shot at the end of her, like just looking, yes, that like operatic. So good. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it, it's like, she's given me Pavarotti, you know? And, uh, I, that just like stuck with me of like, I don't know what this is, but this is incredible yeah it really is mm-hmm. like the musical theater version of a 27 really absolutely it's, it's, it's there's no other song like it i'm sorry i've searched i'm sure that there are there are songs that are comparable to that but as far as like just what the actress has to play with mm-hmm. in that moment and the song itself it's just it is operatic it is it is drama it is everything that a, a performer and an audience member could ever want to see on stage yeah yeah it and is, it's hard to beat it Ugh. is i mean it's like it's such a yeah it's such a consummate number even like all of the stuff that happens before with everybody else all of the interaction like i don't know what that's i mean i'm not super familiar with it so i'm sure there's some like title for that section yeah. that leads up to mm-hmm. it, and i'm telling you um yeah. but even like that just like builds up to it and like um, and it's so intricate and it's so like well like written and then it just kind of like you can then just like sort of narrow into just this like solo moment with Effie and it's just I mean in the movie like seeing it in the context then of Dreamgirls because like watching it for this episode was the first time I actually saw Dreamgirls heard the other songs like I kind of knew yeah. you know One Night Only it's kind of hard to miss that but oh yeah um but like seeing it in the context of the movie, it was like, wow, this it's like the rest of the movie stops and just like this elevates to like a whole different level for like six minutes. It's transcendent. Mm-hmm. It really is. I, I saw this movie in the theaters. I feel like I went by myself, which is a little sad because I was like in college. But I think I was like home for Christmas break. Mm-hmm. Speaking of this episode will be released on Christmas. 
Yeah. Is Christmas this Wednesday or AKA today? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it is. This is going to be a Christmas, a Christmas episode. Oh, I mean, what a great gift. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think I was home for like, cause I, yeah, 2006. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. I was like a junior sophomore in college too. And I think I just went by myself cause I was like, this looks great. I'm going to enjoy myself. And I, not too many people in the theater. And I just remember watching that and just like, I was like frozen to my seat. Mm-hmm. And I think, and we'll get into this in a moment too, but like a lot of this Oscar goes to Jennifer Hudson's voice. Um, I think we can all agree that, um, you know, a Meryl Streep, uh, Jennifer Hudson is not, but she does do well mm-hmm. in this movie too. And there are other performances, of course, we'll get into, but I think the majority of this Oscar is just an acknowledgement of the gift that she has as a singer it is it is unreal yeah i think where she goes in her singing and like the emotion she's able to convey and certainly in that song i mean i I kind of think of and i'm telling you um as similar to the beatrice Strait scene in network it is just like five minutes of a woman at a 27 and you're like all right give her the award for god's sake yeah like yeah i don't care what else happens in this movie like this is amazing yes and i feel like of course the difference is that jennifer hudson is in a lot more of dream girls than beatrice Strait is in network and i very heartily agree that this oscar is not for her acting because Mm -hmm. it's just it was a little disappointing, I think. I mean, and I'm telling you, kind of comes in about like an hour into the movie, I would say. Yeah. And so up to that point, I mean, yeah, I'm watching it knowing it's coming and having the idea in the back of my mind that this is when she won it. Um, but up until that point, feeling like, oh, my God, this is not terrible, but just scraping by in terms of line readings. <laughs> yeah compared to yeah. some of her co-stars you know i mean like beyonce is not necessarily like our nation's next ruby d but i do feel like <laughs> i do feel like she does she fares a little bit better but i actually think the best actress of the dream girls was uh anika noni rose Anika rose she yes, was i have a whole like mm-hmm. section of my notes dedicated to her i kind of felt like you would i was like i feel yeah. like Nick's picking up this whistle tone. So yeah, the best supporting actress to the best supporting actress, yes. the assistant to the region. We st- I don't like that name; it's too long, but it really kind of is. It's the second best supporting actress. Yeah, is it? Would we call it like best featured actress? Or sure, that, you know, or like a BFA, BFA, a BFA, <laughs> a BFA to the BSA, a BFA to the BSA. I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> assistant. I kind of also like assistant to the best supporting actress. <laughs> yeah, that, I kind of like that too. They put the offers reference in there. Yeah, yeah. So there's some crossover here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but sorry, I interrupted your thought. You were saying, uh, just kind of talking about her acting, and Anika Noni Rose is kind of the best one. Yeah, yeah. And Jennifer Hudson, it was like just. There were a couple real clunkers, but then it gets to this number, and I feel like not only is the song amazing, but I appreciate and I can see how hard she's working to wring herself out, and I don't know. I was like, all right, you are doing everything you can, and... There still may be other actresses that could look even more anguished, see Jennifer Holliday, but... um, I appreciate what you're doing to get there, you know? Yeah. Uh, the one scene that really I feel is such a clunker, and I don't even know why they kept it, is that Martin Luther King scene with the record. Yeah. And maybe it's just to set 
um, or just to sort of set the time, set the era of when this is all happening. But we still could have had that record moment and hearing like that sort of voiceover of Martin Luther King without that whole fake out when she comes in and talks to Curtis and Curtis's sisters are there and then they all just laugh. It's a very... I, I see what they were trying to do there, but I don't think she's charming enough to pull that off. That's what it was. Is I, yeah. I can see what they're doing. It's a character building moment. It's a rapport building moment. You know, it, 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 yeah, it gives her some texture, but I just, yeah, I don't think Jennifer Hudson was able to pull it off. Like, yeah, yeah. that's exactly And it. it's the lead in to Love You, I Do. Like, it's, it's the very, mm-hmm. it's like they needed some sort of setup for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can imagine like sitting in that writer's room trying to figure that out too. Cause it, it segues like, she's like, isn't your brother a great man or something mm-hmm. like that? And then they, and love you. I do was not in the original show. It was written for the movie. Wow. There are three songs in this movie that are written specifically for the I movie. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, I mean, love you. I do. I was like, I kept thinking this will be, and I was like, Oh no, no, not, it's not what it is. It just kind kept of going yeah. into this will be. <laughs> Yeah, I keep really kind of channeling that energy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's a great song. Yeah. Honestly, like one of my top five songs, uh, not even top five, because there's the top 10 for sure. But uh, I'll listen to that in the car on the way to work sometimes mm-hmm. when I need to pick me up. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Love You, I Do, the song Patience with Eddie Murphy and Anika Noni Rose, where they're like standing at the, it's like the 70s era. And oh, he has like the hat. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, and I actually really love that song, but that was also written. And of course, um, Listen, the song that Beyonce sings is not, it was a bonus track on one of her albums. Um, so uh it's it's listen is the one where she sings in the booth and she's in front of the microphone it's like it's it's after one night only it's after she realizes that Mm -hmm. curtis stole effie's song and this is like her sort of you know i I don't want to say attempt because she does do well singing that song but Mm -hmm. also like once you hear jennifer hudson it's kind of hard to beat like she they're both great yeah both great um and Beyonce certainly can do things that Jennifer Hudson cannot mm-hmm. and vice versa too. So I think that was her sort of grab at like, I need to beef up Dina a little bit more and this is how I choose to do that. I see. Oh, that's um, so interesting. I yeah. did not know that. I mean, I think that Beyonce has, obviously it goes without saying she has like, there is a star power there that so oh, few yeah. other people have or have had. There's just, and I'm not even a Beyonce stan, so to speak. Sure. Um, I just like, yeah, the moment you see her, it's she's almost like the first moments you see her in the movie and even like the kind of first act where she's not as featured, it's, it's almost kind of like, she's almost too big. Like just it's Beyonce. You know what I mean? Like it just, yeah. it, her celebrity and like the, not even just the celebrity, but just like her star power it's like it's just so big like she's just such a big energy and it's mm-hmm. it feels hard to contain that in the first part of the movie you know yeah absolutely um i feel that with that being said i feel like she definitely and i think this is kind of where you're going to i feel that she gets the job done yeah for sure there's mm-hmm. there's nothing that i felt was really lacking from beyonce i think mm-hmm. I, I think that like this role is perfect because if you really think of like Jennifer Hudson compared to Beyonce too, there's that line where um, 
He's like, I picked you because your voice is like, uh, what does he say? Like, basically, he says that her voice is boring. Right. But I, but Beyonce is like, a real life voice is far from boring. But I think that there was special attention paid to her vocals. And I, I appreciate that because I think that she did have to tone herself down a bit. Or like, mm-hmm. you know, because it, it, that whole sort of like, we need to sound more commercial. We need something that's not as aggressive as Effie's voice. And Beyonce is there to do it, too. So mm-hmm. there's more layers than you think, I, I feel. Like, it's very easy to just dismiss Beyonce and be like, all right, Beyonce. But I I think she does great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think that she, um, yeah, I think she gets the job done. I think that's a great way to put it. Yeah. Whereas I feel like, I guess... I guess when you know your first taste of all of this is Jennifer Holiday just like sweating it out at the Tonys, it's like, man, like and knowing that like Loretta Devine was in it, you know, and like just oh, like no. knowing that kind of casting and like Cheryl Lee Ralph and like just kind of like the caliber, it's like, ugh, yeah, there would be no, they're getting the job done. It would be, oh my god, they are tearing the roof off the place. You know what I mean? Yeah. Often this is like such a musical theater nerd question too, but um. I've been asked it a couple times too, but it's like, if you could go back to any opening night on Broadway, mm. what would you go back and see? And one of mine is definitely West Side Story for sure. Oh God, yeah. But I think I think number two would be Dreamgirls. Can you imagine opening night of yeah. Dreamgirls? It would be electric. Oh, it would be, yeah. Uh, oh, it's so good. It's so good. Anyways. For like people um, who had not like to experience, and I'm telling you for the first time, and I think wasn't, well, I think Jennifer Holiday originated the role, but I think originally, originally it was supposed to be Nell Carter, right? Yes, mm-hmm. I think I read that. Yeah, uh, which uh, would have been incredible as well. But uh, yeah, for like for people to not know that performance is coming, like that's I think it's that feeling. I think that opening night feeling is like when there's those moments in a show where it's like, wow, this became an indelible moment in theater, you know? Yeah, and that yeah. you know, I don't know, like I'm. I don't know what my answer would be. Like, I suppose, like, the original Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf, maybe. But then I, yeah. while I've never even seen it, I have to imagine, like, people seeing Miss Saigon for the first time were pretty, like, gooped by the by the helicopter, <laughs> you know? <laughs> or, like, oh, the Lion King. Like, just imagine. Oh, yeah. Like, that opening number is, I mean, I saw it, and the rest of the show is fine, but that opening number is just, like, if you are not just, like, in tears and chills, you're not human. Yeah, it's it's definitely a moment. Yeah. Uh, Once that giraffe comes out, I'm just like boogers. I'm Viola Davis in the backyard and fences, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Um, um, I want to mention real quick, just because I don't want to forget it later, that, um, and this is just furthering our conversation too, but... I watched the trailer today for a movie because Keon told me about it. Um, they're making an Aretha Franklin biopic. Did you know this? No, no. And Jennifer Hudson is playing Miss Aretha. You know, it's funny because I definitely got... <laughs> the pause, yeah. the, the, the journey, the face journey that Colin just went through yet again. <laughs> He's just delivering. Just <laughs> It was like, it was like, oh, oh, okay, here. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Okay, here's what I think. Here's what I think. It was good. Oh, thank you. I just... Yeah. <laughs> um, so my face journey took me to... I saw elements of, like, Aretha Franklin... Sure. Um, in, in her performance in Dreamgirls. But, it, like, I don't know. I think that Aretha Franklin is such, a, like, a powerful energy that it's, like... 
I wish Shangela was right for the role. I don't know. You know, I'm not saying that she's an amazing actress, but like there is this just like driving energy with her that I just feel like, I don't know. That's what I'm missing from Jennifer Hudson is like that. I never, I don't buy her line readings is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And I say, I feel this way about dream girls and sex in the city. Oh, I mean, we'll talk about sex. Oh, good, in the city good. I just want to. I, just, I mostly. Whole, <laughs> I'm sure Amanda Kaczynski is just waiting for that. I to just want to make sure we were going to talk about Sex in the City. <laughs> My favorite line reading in Sex in the City of hers is when, and Amanda and I say this all the time. The line is "Love is the thing you know," which is, first of all, is a terrible line. Yeah, we have to acknowledge that first of all. Mm-hmm. But she goes, "Love is the thing you know." It's just like up and down and up and down. I don't. It's just a terrible line. I mean, it's and, a, a terrible line, and it's definitely an element of that movie. Like, just an act one gun of our Sex in the City talk is there are elements. I mean, I will watch that movie. I've seen it more than once. I will watch it again. Yeah. I you know. I'll always watch it for Charlotte doing that. No! You know, with the finger. <laughs> with the quivering lip. Yeah. With the quivering yeah. lip. Yeah, I always think she oh, spent I mean, six seasons being the dullest iconic. character in the show and then the best part of the movie, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's like an in the details episode. That's an in the yeah. details episode. Um, flowers in the street. Flowers the in Charlotte the street. York story. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> but I there are elements of that script that make me cringe so hard. I'm like climbing into my rib cage. Like it just. Oh yeah. But anyway, um, I I just yeah. There's just elements of that like Sex in the City aesthetic that I'm just like oh for God's sake like because that is the first movie that she did post Oscar and I think everyone was kind of waiting for that and I think it's a smart move as far as just like from a you know that movie was definitely going to be a success She's of course off, off an Oscar win I'm sure her publicist was thrilled mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's it, yeah. it's just like mm-hmm. everyone was kind of uh rooting for her so to speak and then it just turned out to be so bad too or, or not her not the movie but her performance I remember watching her opening up that gift when Carrie bought her the purse the and she Louis like Vuitton, screams yeah. mm-hmm. and then she has to like hold it up and basically be like, like, you know, kind of catwalk for a moment, just mm-hmm. model it around. And it just looks so clunky. I, I want her to be more charming, but I don't know if she can find that or that's why I'm worried for Aretha, because with that sort of I think if all else fails, she's going to kill it with her voice again. Of she course. Is absolutely. And like she might even get like an Oscar nomination because of past winner and just the pure power of her voice. But maybe she's been like, you know, kind of hunkering down and getting acting lessons and stuff like that. And she might blow the roof off with everything. I hope so. I'm always rooting for that. I always yeah. want a performance that's going to do that but um i guess time will tell i guess and i hear that and i'm i'm certainly not trying to knock jennifer hudson no i think it would be really exciting if all of this was happening to fantasia barino right now i mean that was a close call for um this role actually Mm -hmm. there was i think it said on imdb she beat out 782 people yeah um yeah i mean vocally sure i get it but i feel like fantasia can act like she was in the color purple on she Broadway, was, yes. And she was. I saw the Tony's performance of "I'm Here" or "I'm Still Here." Have you seen that? I'm here, yeah. Of Fantasia singing, yeah. It? I don't think I have actually. I've seen videos of her singing it like a bootleg, sort of like someone filming it from their iPhone in the second row. But I haven't. oh yeah, I don't think I saw. I'll add it that, to the list. Which is crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's great. I'm sure like she has 
ah, she just has that sort of it's like watching Cynthia Erivo in mm-hmm. the color purple too. Like mm-hmm. you just you know you're taken care of. You know she is feeling that like on a molecular level. Yes. Like she is one hundred percent committed. I mean like Everything you're saying is like I. It almost makes me want to stop the podcast. Have you watch Fantasia sing this to the Tonys, and then we'll get back on the mics because it is that it is so fucking good, awesome. So and I, yeah. I am rooting for her. I follow her on Instagram. She's she's still killing it. Mm-hmm. I feel like she's touring or at least still making music. Um, so I would love a Fantasia sort of. Yeah, not that I don't want Jennifer back, Hudson so to, to be successful. I just think Fantasia as Aretha Franklin would be really interesting, or Fantasia Ooh. as Effie would be really interesting. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And the cast for um, this, the movie is called, of course, Respect. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's only the teaser trailer that's out. Uh, but we have Forrest Whitaker, Marlon Wayans, Mark Marin, who I assume is like, you know, just like a manager of some sort yeah, we have right. titus burgess oh which is great mm-hmm. uh audra mcdonald and mary j blige are wow. also a part of this cast so pretty stacked i'd say that there's some it's uh sometime in 2020 it'll be released as well but um just wanted to mention that just because that is kind of coming up really yeah i mean that's exciting i um yeah i'm yeah you know what i as much as i'd love to see fantasia be successful as well but if jennifer Hudson comes out in uh a respect and she just like kills it and yeah you know it's kind of like a michelle williams where we forget all about dawson's creek you know what i mean yeah <laughs> like it, it, i'm fine with that i'm okay with yeah. that you know yeah remind us remind us why you have that oscar mm-hmm. I, I i'm rooting for her so we'll see we'll see what happens yeah yeah well yeah. um well, I guess let's we should dive into our our dream girls talk as usual. I mean, we've 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 dived in. We've we are yeah. We've scratched the surface. We have. Yes. Um, we have gone on for more than one night only. So let's making <laughs> limited dream girls references. I can let's talk about Jennifer Hudson swept the awards for this role. Um, yeah, let it be known. But she did have some interesting fellow nominees this year. If you're down to start talking about them. I am more than ready. All right. So as usual, I like to kind of see what the other awards shows were doing. So let's just start with the Critics' Choice Awards. Um, Ooh, I love that we're going far. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. We'll go deeper. So she, of course, won. I mean, she won everything. But she won the Critics' Choice Award against um, both Rinko Kikuchi and Adriana Barraza in Babel, um, mm-hmm. Catherine O'Hara in For Your Consideration. Um, which wow. Is, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is still, again, so worth seeing. Um, it's not like as great as Best in Show, but it's really good. Okay. Um, and she's great in it. Uh, Emma Thompson in Stranger Than Fiction, which I'm like blanking on that. Um, was that a movie with Will Ferrell? Yes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. And I'm gonna look that up as you talk. Go for it. I, re- I mean, I remember seeing it in theaters, and I have like no memory of her even being in it. Um, and then of course. We've spoken about her at length before, Catherine, uh, Catherine, Kate Blanchett in Notes on a Scandal. Uh, Yeah. Um, Which, yeah, uh, for listeners who don't know, we have done a whole episode on Notes on a Scandal on In the Details. Um, So I am am excited to have her be part of the conversation this week. Oh, I mean, any excuse to talk about Kate Mm -hmm. and Judy is (sighs) just so wonderful. And I think, well... 
Yeah, I don't. I don't want to jump the jump the boom boom gun here. Um, but so yeah, so I'll, I'll I've got the Baftas, the Golden Globes, and then the Academy Awards. But it's a yes, lot of the same yeah. folks. So we will certainly um, okay see some some crossover. Um, in two thousand six for the Baftas, Jennifer of course won again. Uh, she was up against Emily Blunt in the Double Wears Prada. Both Abigail Breslin and Tony Collette in Little Miss Sunshine. Love that. And uh, Francis De La Tour in The History Boys, who I'm I'm familiar with The History Boys as a play, and I don't know anything about her. So that's interesting. She's great. Um, she was in... Um, she's in Harry Potter, for all you Harry Potter fans. She plays Madame Maxime. She's um, like the headmaster of uh, Beau Patons, which is one of the like the rival sort of wizarding schools uh, for anyone who needs a point of reference for her too but she is lovely I own I mean at once I feel like this is one of those DVDs that I just lost in the shuffle after moving so many times but um, I bought that movie and Richard Griffiths is in it and it gives such a beautiful performance in that and Richard Griffiths is also in Harry Potter he plays Mr. Dursley mm. um, and he has like a lazy eye. <laughs> that's like if, if you don't really know anything else about him, that's like the things that I always remember. All right. Um, so you've sorry. seen the History Boys. I have. It's a great film. Um, a young, I almost said Dominic Cooper. Is that his name? Who was in? No, it is Dominic Cooper. Yeah, mm-hmm. I believe he's in that as well. And um, basically, it's it's very much almost like a... Oh, like a Mr. Holland's opus. It's like a teacher with who teaches boys, and there's like life lessons to be learned. But it's um, but it's a beautiful play and an um, an equally beautiful movie. I really enjoyed that. Uh, but that's like, I barely remember the movie, uh, so to speak. Yeah, I was gonna ask if you remember her performance being particularly. I think she played. <sighs> she plays Dorothy. Like... Dorothy Lynn. I wonder if she played like the headmaster of the school that they went to, or it's like I remember just glimpses of her. Because Richard Griffiths is a teacher. I don't know. Hmm. But okay, that's all. All right. No worries. <laughs> um, you know more than I did. So that's great. Um, yeah. And then the Golden Globes. Uh, no surprise. Jennifer Hudson won again. Both ladies from Babel won. Or were nominated. Excuse me. And then Emily Blunt for the Double Wears Prada. And Kate Blanchett for Notes on a Scandal. Yeah. And that, of course, brings us to the Academy Awards, in which Adriana Barraza and Rinko Kikuchi were both nominated again for Babel, Abigail Breslin nominated for Little Miss Sunshine, and Kate Blanchett nominated for Notes on a Scandal. Um, now, I am curious, before we get into uh, content we're both familiar with, have you seen Babel ever? I have, and I saw it probably right when it came out. I feel Same. like I either rented it uh honestly or like because it wasn't streaming back then there was no streaming platform there were no streaming platforms um the only thing i actually do remember there are three things i remember of that movie one Kate Blanchett gets shot on a bus mm-hmm. <laughs> two i and, and the other two are the performances of Rinko Kukuchi and Adriana Barraza and honestly Adriana Barraza is really great in this movie and it's one of those like marissa tomei things and like the journey that she goes through and i'm gonna fumble with this but it's something about she went she's crossing the border she has kids with her and then her like nephew is also there and like i just remember like a scene where they're actually in the car and the nephew just like fucks it up and then they end up just like running and she like the entire movie she's like running through the desert and then she eventually gets caught and deported there's a great 
couple of scenes on our favorite sort of clip channel that yes. we have that's uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. Yeah. that I watched this morning and I was like, yeah, she's giving it to me. She is uh-huh. uh, giving me quintessential best supporting actress moments here. When she is she's incredible. looking for the kids with her hands handcuffed, it's uh-huh. just like... It is that to me. I was like, oh, oh, this is BSA, like gay whistle tone. Like this is a this is a distinguished woman of a certain age acting right now. Yes, like sweating and crying. Like it's yeah. I definitely I don't remember Rinko Kikuchi's, Kikuchi's performance as much. Um, I think I remember seeing her vagina. So there you go. Um, yes, that's the one thing I really remember. I was like, whoa, whoa, there's <laughs> your vagina. Uh, but yeah. I did really like Adriana Barraza. I. I mean that I haven't seen that movie in forever. Um, I, and for some, every, every once in a while, when I try to think of it, I'm like, "Is this the one where Sandra Bullock fell down the stairs?" No, that's Crash. <laughs> I often get them confused too. I don't know why yeah. that is. Yeah, because I was like, "Is Adriana lost in the desert? Is this the like the the sort of border patrol story?" Mm-hmm. And it was too. I think it, it might be worth a rewatch, like on a rainy day sometime in the next six months i agree i feel like i it feels like it was a really beautifully made movie too like i i can't remember who directed it but um brad pitt's in it too and brad pitt is just brad pitt sorry yeah yeah it's uh and it's you know yeah it's it's 2006 it's a million years ago so yeah Yeah. it's uh um it'd be worth a rewatch yeah i'll i meant to rewatch okay here's the deal i was gonna watch everything for this week that we were gonna do wow and then, for some reason, I got it in my mind that one of the movies that we needed to watch for this week was Up in the Air. But that is, of course, the year Monique won. Um, so I will be prepared when we do the Monique episode. Yeah, exactly. To talk about Anna Kendrick and Vera Farmiga in Up in the Air. Um, wow. So I feel like I could have seen Babel instead, but it is what it is. Um, That's okay. At least yeah, when we we'll do the you. Monique episode, I can say, well, I actually saw Up in the Air, not, oh, yeah, I saw it a million years ago. I don't get it. Um, it'll be more yeah. like, oh, I saw it a few weeks ago, and I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Same opinion. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't really have any strong desire to watch it, so I might leave that to you and, uh, you know. It's... It's the kind of performances that would get nominated for a Golden Globe. Same. Yeah, that's how I feel. But an, yeah. an Oscar? Come on now. Um, <clears throat> so what about little? you've seen Little Miss Sunshine, of course. Yes. Oh, oh my goodness, yes. What do you think? Because I rewatched it, I don't remember when, somewhat recently, but what do you think of Abigail Breslin in Little Miss Sunshine? I think, honestly, I, I think it's a really great performance. I Her best scene is with Alan Arkin in the yes. hotel room. Yes. Like mm-hmm. that is that is the scene. That is if we were doing if she had won that year, that would have been her moment too. And I just like the innocence of her not really fully knowing what she's getting herself into and the confidence that she has as such a young kid, but that's also thanks to her grandfather who's been training her. So there's like that lovely relationship that they have even though Alan Arkin's like an addict. Right. Um uh, and I just like, I don't know. I was so um, smitten with her the first time I saw it. And I, I like when she runs around the house screaming, packing and like, uh, I just think she's really cute. And I love the relationship with her, Tony Collette as well, yeah. too. Um, I think that's really special. And just seeing her face when she goes to the pageant and realizes what's going on. Mm-hmm. I think that's really hard to capture, like. At her age, I feel, because there's that moment where, like, when you would see a kid that's uncomfortable and they're kind of just, like, quiet and, like, and, like, and just kind of 
assessing the situation um and knowing that i mean in this case that she's in over her head too i really like her performance a lot mm-hmm. i love her belly i love her fake belly and i love the performance at the end. i just like went through a highlight reel of her entire performance but it was great. i really like it and if it was one of those years you know what's her face that won the oscar for paper moon oh yeah tatum name? o'neill mm-hmm. tatum o'neill um it could have been that sort of moment it had potential too so i'm glad she was nominated i think it's it's definitely she was sort of that breakout star mm-hmm. and the movie's all about her so i think that yeah that, that's kind of my those are my thoughts what yeah. do you feel the total opposite you hated her i hated her she's the worst yeah <laughs> yeah a little bit bullshit no i think that <laughs> she's <laughs> um i think she's great i think Rewatching it again, I appreciated that she actually is giving a really nuanced performance, unlike surprising, mm-hmm. not just for her age, but just in general. I think that she finds some really surprising emotional notes. And um, I think in some ways I kind of think about, like aesthetically, I think of Olive the same way I think of like Ruth Gordon's character in Rosemary's Baby. It's this like Ooh, okay. garish little weirdo who like is kind of in their own world on their own frequency in a, in a way like she just not that she doesn't connect with everybody else but that there's something very surprisingly specific about olive that i think she yeah. brings out as you're saying it's like she brings out these complex emotions that you just don't expect a child actor to be able to do yeah and yeah i just i found her so charming and never hit those like false notes that child actors hit for me yeah. And absolutely that scene with Alan Arkin is like I was like, I just don't know how she did that. Like you the know glasses. Yeah. Oh. Like she just it's really, really good. I, I'm I was really happy to see her nominated and I'm really happy to see Tony Collette get a BAFTA nomination. It's not one of her more dynamic roles, but she like she's great. Like she she takes what is just like the mom role, it like doesn't get as many moments as everybody else. And fully informs it i i just you know tony collette she's amazing i mean lest we forget november of nuance day number whatever (laughs) of her eating that popsicle because honestly that bafta nomination was that popsicle it was for her eating that popsicle it's just (laughs) it's the craziest choice and i love it i love it and it tells you so much about this woman it's just so good um, uh, yeah, I really, I, I love that performance as well. I love that movie. It It's so hard to, like, I don't know how you couldn't love that movie. It's just, yeah. it's the, everything about it is just so enjoyable. Um, yeah. And you know, that whole thing about like, there's, there's actual science to like more likely crying while watching a movie on an airplane. Yes. Yeah. So I think that's when I'd rewatched it and I was oh. like a wreck. I was a wreck. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I will always cry during that scene with Alan Arkin. Yeah. Always. Yeah. There's no way I can't because there's that there's that break where she's crying and he says like uh you know, he pumps her up a bit and mm-hmm. then he says something like silly and then she says like Yeah and then she's kinda like kinda smiles yeah. and breaks a little bit too and mm-hmm. like wipes her tear. That is the moment for me. That's that the is moment. like everything. Yeah. Laughter through tears is my favorite emotion. Dolly Parton and Steel Magnolias. Oh, <laughs> you know, I have to say, this just hit me, but I feel like we would be remiss to not do a BSAs of Steel Magnolias episode. Oh, God. <laughs> Merry Christmas to us all. <laughs> oh. Well, you know, because I, I like... 
I have not seen the whole movie. So that would be also like my full intro. Um, I am over the moon with this news. I am. It's going to guide my entire day. I'm just going to be skipping down the streets. Like that is my life's work. I've said it before that maybe Clue was the ladies of Clue, which is also. Which is which we will also do. Yeah. Uh, but Steel Magnet. I can't wait. <laughs> right. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm excited because I really want to see it again. And this lens of like watching, I mean, I know the women who are in it, like it's just going to be us talking about the entire cast, but um, yes. that's what I'm here for. Um, oh, I have to like take a moment here. Okay. I'm, I'm like, can we start now? I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Enough of this dream girls. We get it. Jen, you're great. So you're great. Yeah. You can sing. We get it. So Daryl Hannah. But are you Dolly Parton yeah. saying laughter through tears is my favorite emotion? I don't I think don't so. Think so. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> oh, that's gonna be yeah epic. Okay. Yeah, but we can do that whenever. I'm you know oh. yeah that can even be a new year. Uh, yeah, early in the new year. Um, I'm gonna wait until I'm having a really bad week, or mm-hmm. I just like know that that's at the end of the week or something like that. That'll yeah, get me through it. Yeah, all right. <sighs> <laughs> but back to these nominations. Anyway, back to these nominations. So, <laughs> um, so of course our final nomination that we have not talked about is and yet we have talked about often is Kate Blanchett in mm. notes on a scandal. And I, and I, I know that we both feel pretty passionately about this performance. I'm just going to come right out and ask it. Should she have won the Oscar for best supporting actress or should she have been nominated for best actress? Ooh, because I can honestly say the same thing about Jennifer Hudson, but we'll get yes. to that as well. Yes. Um, this is a tough one because I think, I mean, this is like the gay round table of the century. Like mm-hmm. get Lady Watch in here, get a couple other gays. Mm-hmm. Just like, this is, this is the content that I need to yes. be talking about. This is the future um, I believe in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and we could just, I mean, we, we already done it. I've done it. Um, we, we, we have done the, uh, the in the details episode, which I feel pretty satisfied with too. So if anyone needs a point of reference, go listen to that. Of yeah. course, um, but I think just from a um, I don't even know what word I'm searching for here. From like a uh, the way that, that like a campaigning perspective, like they knew that if they put them both in leading, that one of them would. Pro- I mean, they both lost in this case too. But I wonder what the dynamic would have been if Jennifer Hudson. Um, Kate Blanchett and Judy Dench had three of who can you look up while I'm blabbing away here who was nominated for best actress that year I was just thinking about that oh you know who it was it was Helen Mirren who won oh. and also Meryl Streep for the Devil Wears Prada those are the only two I remember because oh. I was like ooh that's a tough one. Oh, I that see tough yeah here I am at the awards oh my there's so many oh my goodness Wikipedia the so much to follow um yeah. But yes, I yeah, that was the year of the Queen. Yes, the Queen, um, which I've not seen the Queen. I don't doubt that she's great. Um, she is um, actually. Let's talk about that real quick. Let's talk about who was nominated for Best Actress, just as a point of comparison. Yeah. Because, as you said, both of these roles could be considered Best Actress sized. Yeah. Um, so this was the year uh, Kate Winslet was nominated for Little Children. Um, Patrick Wilson yeah. in that movie. Uh, Meryl Streep for The Devil Wears Prada. Uh, Judy Dench for Notes on a Scandal. Okay, so she was already there. Penelope Cruz for Volver. Which I've heard is great. In my research for 
the uh, Vicky Christina, like a lot of people were saying that that is the performance. That is it. Yeah, I can't remember if I've seen it, but if I have, it's been not a while. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, Helen Mirren won for the Queen. Um, huh. And then what we could do as well is just to keep it interesting, let's go to the Golden Globes because they have separate categories for drama and for musical yeah. and comedy. So let me go. Okay, so the Golden Globes that year, um, obviously, we'll just talk about drama first because that's what I'm more interested in in general. So this year for Golden Globes, nominees were, of course, Helen Mirren won. Um, oh, wow. Uh, very similar. Kate Winslet, Judy Dench, Penelope Cruz, and then Maggie Gyllenhaal for Sherry Baby, which I've actually seen. Okay. And it's it, uh, it's actually worth seeing. It's, a, it, it's like... There's a couple, like, mildly disturbing moments, but nothing violent, nothing like, you know, you're not watching rape or anything like that. But, like, yeah. uh, she definitely has a handsy stepfather. But um, mm. it's it's good. I see why she got nominated. I see why she didn't win because these other performances. But it's um, – I don't know your feelings on Maggie Gyllenhaal, but I think she really kills it in that movie. Honestly, I go back and forth, but if I'm, I was just thinking about that as you were talking. I like her. I really genuinely like her. I think she's a good actress. I've seen a fair amount of her work, and I've always been impressed. I've never thought she was like, I don't know. I always believe her. Yeah. I, I, and I, I know she's been nominated for an Oscar or two. I think uh, Crazy Heart, I think. She was nominated was for Crazy Heart for Best Supporting yeah. Actress. That was the year Monique won. So Aha. Yeah. All right. So she'll come back. Yeah. Um, eventually. So, yeah, so she, I totally recommend Sherry Baby. Uh, speaking of Golden Globes, best actress for musical or comedy. Um, Meryl so, won. Oh, my God, Meryl won. She beat Beyonce, too, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit, Beyonce was for nominated. Devil Prada. I did, yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Tony Collette got nominated for best lead actress in Little Miss Sunshine for a Golden Globe? Oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's so interesting. I did not. I do not consider that a lead actress performance at all. Yeah, no. But we're glad for Tony. I'm glad for Tony. I'm not mad at nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Renee Zellweger for Miss Potter. Um, and oh, uh, right. Annette Bening for Running with Scissors. So. Oh, Annette. I love her IMDb picture. She's like in a garden. <laughs> okay. Well. <laughs> it's so strange. Now you might I have be on to... Wikipedia. You have to go see it. It's like this. Uh, this. You know who has a terrible. IMDb picture, Miss Celia Weston. We need to email IMDb and get that corrected. Oh my like, God, the Annette Benning one is ridiculous. It looks Isn't like it crazy. It's like she's doing like a like a home and a home and garden. Uh, yeah, it's like a magazine mm-hmm. cover. Meanwhile, but Ce- she looks great. She looks radiant. Oh yeah, she looks fantastic. But yeah, Celia yeah. Weston looks like a like a witch. She, she looks does. like a, it's not a it's not a flattering picture of her. The flash it's not good lighting. Yeah. It makes her look Celia mean. Celia deserves better. Sorry. Yeah. Celia Weston. Well now I'm on uh, Celia Weston's filmography. That this this podcast is <laughs> it's gonna just be Steel Magnolias on one mic and Celia Weston's filmography on the oh, other. I know. Yeah. Just at the same time. Well I guess all of this to say that I think what we were coming to was yeah. there's there's no ton of scandal there's dream girls in terms of performances that, and even, you know, Little Miss Sunshine. Uh, there's a lot of performances this year that could be considered best supporting or best actress and have been. Mm-hmm. So you had said you feel like, because I feel about Kate Blanchett's performance that that's totally a best actress level performance in Notes on a Scandal, but agree that they didn't want to have her and Judy up against each other. Yeah. You said you feel like Effie White is a and Jennifer Hudson is a best actress role in Dreamgirls. Yeah, and I'm I'm saying that 
knowing that when it, it's informed by the fact that when she was nominated and won the Tony Award, that she was nominated and won for Best Leading Actress too. I think that. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, oh. um, so leading. Yeah. So she won. That's what kind of really, uh, like I said, informs that sort of decision. I could see. I'm not mad that she's in the best supporting category. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's one of those things where um, there's a lot of weight on that role to beginning to to begin with. So I think it's I think they knew what they were doing when they put her in that best supporting because they knew that she was a breakout star. They knew that the role was meaty enough that it kind of it's like there's no way she couldn't win mm-hmm. almost because of just the the singing and everything that we talked about before too. But <sighs> I think that's a good point is like watching this. Yeah, sorry, I just had to sigh and stare off into the distance. No, no. I mean, <laughs> you know, take your time. I, uh, you yeah. know, feel your feel your oats, as they say. Yeah, um, but I think you make a good point is that it's kind of it's the kind of role where it's like, well, how do you not win it? You know, like this is you're doing everything you need to do, at least in that six minute scene to win an Oscar. You know, like this yeah. is like this is like a variation on like the Meryl Streep's like courtroom monologue you know what I mean like that's what yeah. you do to win an Oscar for sure and I think going back to the sort of because it's it is logistics behind the scenes like campaigning and like just deciding okay is she gonna beat Meryl is she gonna beat you know anyone in that leading actress category for this role the answer is probably no I think it yeah. would be it's, it's like she's in really good company but they knew but I would say she's in really good company for the best supporting. Like, there's some, I mean, Kate Blanchett in any other year, that could have been, like, that is my alternate sort of universe mm-hmm. revisionist history is both of them winning for that because it just would have been so satisfying for the gays. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like, and it's just one of those, it's like that Marissa Tomei theory that we have, too. It's like these could have and should have probably won. And I hope that everyone else, like in addition to just you and I, knows just how great those performances are. Because honestly, I don't hear people talking about notes on a scale as often as I want. No. I, I just, that's why I really latch on if someone knows that well enough to like really kind of have that conversation. Because it's it's some of the best acting I've seen ever yeah <laughs> really well it's and it's so good and the fact that it's like it's two women one older one Ugh. closer to middle age you know um it's doing a sort of camp drama that a lot of movies aren't doing anymore like there was back in the 60s there was whatever happened to baby jane and there was a whole slew of movies um that that kind of inspired where yeah it was like everything was going on between these like older distinguished actresses and a lot of times yeah. in those movies they were like a little bit schlockier and they featured actresses who were a little bit not necessarily washed up, but just like weren't Hollywood stars at the time. And so like Ruth Gordon was in a movie called like, um, what's, what's the matter with aunt Helen or something like that. You know, like they had titles sure, like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, but with like really great actresses in them. And it was the joy of watching these genius actresses just like ham it up and make these campy scripts work. And I think with notes on a scandal, like, it's not a fully campy movie, but I think when you get to that fight in in Judy Dench's apartment where she's calling her a fucking vampire and, and all of that, it's like <sighs> this is I mean, gay catnip. This is magical. Yeah. And I I love 
like to me, Kate Blanchett is doing everything I need a best supporting actress to do, honestly. Yeah. And I think if the qu- the question was like, when did Kate win it? It's that scene, and then when she runs outside to like the road, like the the press, oh. and she's like screaming, and then here she, I am, here I am, and then she has that Rah. moment of realization, and she like starts uh. to panic, and Judy Dench comes out, comes out and gets her. Oh my god, that that moment is just like. Ugh, it's just so I'm staring off in the distance now. That moment. Yeah. It's just so I good. know and it's it's I feel like cuz as gays we like to categorize ourselves like are yeah. you like a Britney gay or a Broadway gay? But I'm like a notes on a scandal gay. <laughs> like I think it it's time to really make that known. Yeah, are you a Britney <laughs> gay or a right Blanchett gay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm um I'm I just get so excited about that film and mm. just like I mean just go listen to our episode on in the details I suppose cuz it's it's everything that we're kind of you know recycling to but it just goes without it goes I yeah I I'm just going to stop there but yeah. <laughs> I could go on just know that I could I I love Judy Dench's line you're not young that's one of my favorites <laughs> You big baby. I always think of that. You big baby. I gave you exactly what you wanted. I mean, we could just keep on going. Oh, yeah. There's another line of hers that always sticks with me. Um, Is it the lasagna? Oh, sorry. No, it's... it's um, It was something something along the lines of like... Is it what? Oh, oh I know what it is. I only I'm have coming. tender feelings for you. Yes, that's right. That's right. That's what it is. That's what it is. Oh. <laughs> god okay it's during the fight yeah yeah it's great i love that Anyways. scene well folks as much as we'd love to keep queening out on kate blanchett and our fantasy of her winning the oscar for notes on a scandal she did not yeah. jennifer hudson did win it and so as we like to do here at best supporting podcast we're going to give her a moment to accept her oscar at the oscars Jennifer Hudson's road to the Oscar began at a small church in Chicago where she sang soul stream solos in the gospel choir. Oh my God, just, I have to just take this moment in. I cannot believe this. Look what God can do. If my grandmother, I didn't think I was gonna win. But, wow, if my grandmother was here to see me now, she was my biggest inspiration for everything because she was a singer and she had the passion for it, but she never had the chance. And that was the thing that pushed me forward to continue. But I'm so grateful to have my mother here celebrating with me, my boyfriend, my sisters, and my brothers back home, and then I got two of them here. Thank you all for, for being here and supporting me. Also, I'd like to thank Bill Condon, our director, who's a genius. Wow. Oh my God. Our f- unbelievable cast. Um, I'd like to thank the Academy. Definitely have to thank God, yes, again. I can't believe this. Uh, wow, I don't know what to say, but I thank you all for helping me keep the faith, even when I didn't believe. Thank you, and God bless you all. Jennifer Holiday too. When she says she didn't think she was going to win it, I was like, well, okay, are you still vying for the Oscar? Because you're acting. You're acting. You knew you were going to win this. You won every award. Yeah. I, 
I remember watching this and I remember I had not seen Notes on a Scandal at that point. And I remember watching this Oscar ceremony. And even when George Clooney like announces her name, it's not he's very like Jennifer Hudson. Like mm-hmm. it's not it's it's almost he's as surprised as she is. And I, I do believe her. I like I think Melissa Leo took that to the extreme. Oh, like, sure. You won. Yeah, she's not being Melissa Leo, and I, but I do think it's like this sort of, because like up until that point, like, what had she been like? This is her first sort of like invitation to Hollywood and trying to just like stay afloat and like just being whisked away and and on riding this whole award season of just being showered with everything. I'm sure she's like overwhelmed, and she lo- she looks it too, but like in the she best does. way possible. I guess it's like I saw her in Dreamgirls. She's not that good an actress. She is definitely overwhelmed. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, I. Exactly. It's just like I. I don't. I. You're so right about Melissa Leo versus Jennifer Hudson. Yeah. It's more of just like Jennifer Hudson swept every award. It's like Monique. She won sure. every award humanly possible for that role, um, mm-hmm. more or less. You know. So. Uh, it. I just feel like yeah. This was like. But the Oscars are kind of like the last award show, right? So. Yeah. Um, the line. Oof. Yeah. Uh, but she, I mean, I think it's a very sweet speech. I think that you know, yeah, um, it's talking through tears. I can't get mad at that, you know. Yeah, it's good. It's it's pretty middle of the road to maybe above average compared to mm-hmm. the ones we have seen. I'm like looking at you, Jessica Lang. Oh, come on, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and I do love when she shouts like, "And Jennifer Holiday!" I was gonna say, at the end, that's 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 the one for me. That's yeah. what it was. It was like that was the humanity I was looking for. It was like it was great because I felt it's like, like she snapped out of it. Yeah, because yeah, I felt like towards the end she like remembered like what she was supposed to say. Like, oh, I need to thank like my amazing cast and and blah blah and the Academy and blah blah blah. And it's like you could just it's an interesting micro example or micro moment example of what you were just saying about her kind of being welcomed into Hollywood is like, well, these are the people you have to thank when you win your Oscar. And she like remembers suddenly to do it, you know? Yeah. And to be given it by George Clooney, I'd be like, is this my life? Right. It's, it seems kind of that moment, or at least I would feel that. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Nuts. Yeah. It's uh, you know, it is, it definitely feels, I mean, I think, I think that's like as people who, anyone who watches the Oscars and imagines like, Oh, what would my, be my version of this? Like, it's nice to, see someone be a human being up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so obviously uh, we've had, we've already spoken a lot about her performance. I, you know, it's, there are other scenes certainly that are good, but I think that I'm certainly thinking about other, you know, performance moments. I'm thinking, you know, it, ultimately what I'm saying is like the highlights for me are purely Jennifer Hudson singing. And I'm not sure if I can think of any scenes where her, I felt like her acting really bowled me over. Sure. Yeah. I I think I would agree with that too. And I think they knew what they were doing with her too, to like make her sing. Like they added a whole new song for her. Love you. I do. As opposed to possibly fleshing that out with a scene Mm -hmm. uh, because they knew that's where her strong suit was. Um, well, I Go guess ahead. just my yeah. question to that is because they've they've added in some songs and and whatnot. And obviously, the structure of a movie is going to be different from a musical. So, have you you've seen like a full production of Dreamgirls, or have you only heard? Yes, this? I've seen it. I saw it a couple of years ago too. And. Uh, go ahead, though. Sorry. Oh, well, just my question is, like, comparing the way the movie is telling the story to the way they did it on stage, like, how do you feel it's translating? Ooh, what a great question. Um I think because and especially when once I saw it on stage too, that was where it sort of solidified like 
okay, this would definitely be like one that that question again, like if you could go back in time to opening night, because there is something really uh, just palpable about the energy that's coming off that stage. It almost feels like you're seeing that girl group live like it's almost like a concert but it's a musical and there's drama and the chick that played Effie was like next level good Mm. she was like you you were never worried anytime that she sang she had like a ton of charisma Mm -hmm. um and in ways I think you can balance because this is something that I want to talk about as far as like the diva-ness of Effie White too but like the way that she played it the girl that I saw on stage is like she did it with like a wink Mm -hmm. so like yes she was a diva but she did it like with she was still really charming and you almost like allowed it to happen too except for the moments where she really needed to pull the diva out like Mm. during the argument and up there like or in that point she's just defending herself too i don't even think she's being a diva but um it really is great like i would it's it's a show that's rarely done too because you have to have the cast for it and i don't know why it's pro- not produced more often because people showed up for that show like it was awesome yeah um but as far in comparison to the movie uh because there are numbers that were cut out Lorel actually has a number oh that's great um because wow. Lorel, the beginning of act two i was gonna say Lorel Go feels a little like yes. shafted a little bit yeah in terms yeah. of story um, yeah which is a shame because you know assistant to the bsa um Mm -hmm. but i think because she's so funny i love when they're in like the dressing room and she's like they're like laurel laurel we're we're going on or like we're going on tour with just you and she's like oh she does that thing where she stands up she's like you're all trying to get me because you know that jimmy and i are gonna do it like all that stuff and she's like oh well you know i can't be with jimmy forever i gotta get my own act together like it's just right so cute and she's she like, has that i am a woman now nah. right and she has that line that. where she's like um was it like are you in the same he- dress as me are you in the same wig as me and then shut up like it's just yes. it's then shut up and it's like she's she's charming when she's doing it i think what you're talking about of like what this version of effie white you saw i feel like anika nani rose does as well with laurel where she is kind of the younger one and she is a little bit like the more naive one or whatever but like she's charming and like she grows into yeah. it like a very charming character and and she's like such a good actress because she's she's a pretty well-known broadway actress right i would say yeah she won a tony award for caroline or change Ooh. for best uh, featured actress yes Ooh, that's coming back to broadway next year Ooh, i didn't know that yeah yeah she was also in the uh, a, a really recent revival of a raisin in the sun as mm. well too anika noni rose too which is another i could picture her being great in that oh that's a great play that's a great like, yeah play great. at a 27 yeah 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 oh for sure um yeah but anika she's great and i love the journey of even with the small parts that we get i like like act two laurel when she mm. has to get serious with jimmy like she'll let him have it mm-hmm. and she gets to like break down and cry and she she really does get to do i don't want to say more than we think that it's like it's just enough of her Mm -hmm. i want a little bit more though which is also a good position to be in yeah she still gets to yeah i was gonna say that as you're saying that it made me think of like terry gar and tootsie where she's she's kind of i mean yeah the assistant to the bsa right where she like does kind of find that other track where like she gets her own stuff to do she has her own moments but like it's not the bsa role in the movie yeah um i 
I have to make a, a an addendum or even like a retraction to um, something we mentioned last week that I maybe subconsciously knew, but Amanda Kaczynski sent us both a text. Oh, that right. Terry Gard did in fact play uh, Lisa Kudrow's mom on Friends. Wow. Uh, I... I don't know what episode, but I made that happen. And I, I am not a Friends connoisseur by any means. Amanda yells at me a lot <laughs> about yeah. not knowing the references. So maybe I saw it. I don't know. But uh, I'm glad that I was channeling my inner casting director there. Yeah, I've I've seen I've never seen a full episode of Friends. I I feel like wow. To me it feels like like an inside joke I'm not in on, you know. Sure. Um like I don't get it. I don't like and that's fine, you know, like I don't need to be. There's a lot of things. There's a lot that's of right. other things, you know, like it's fine. And I, and no digs to anyone who's in on it. I'm just not, you know. Um I have to bring up this is I saw it on uh, John's Instagram that you recently went to a in Pittsburgh we we call them paint monkeys. Yes, pay- <laughs> yes. And speaking of beating to or is like marching to the beat of his own drum, your painting <laughs> was spectacular because John's is just like this beautiful like mm-hmm. bridge scene with the rainbow, and yours. I mean, it was almost my BSA of the week. It's it's a runner up. It is just. <laughs> oh my god! I, I, cause, yeah, it's those, called arts. Look it up. Yeah. It's called art. Look it up. Ever heard of it? Um, I know because like yeah, we did this paint and sip last night because we were like, and we didn't even bring wine. We were like, why we, not? Yeah, yeah, we just like didn't even feel like drinking. We just like wanted to do something different, and so we went to this thing, and it was like us and like four moms having a paint and sip night. So I mean, six people. Um, and yeah, that was like the they had obviously someone kind of guiding you how to do this like fall in Central Park scene. And I just was like, I don't have the dexterity for this. I'm going to need to go rogue here and create tree branches that actually are octopus tentacles that are going swimming, you know, and that's kind yeah, of. I, I need to bring it up again and just look at it because it's really <laughs> like I zoomed in. I'll have There's to like this picture. green blob triangle thing that is probably the star of the show right at the end of the river there that oh, has a tongue. It's a, yeah. I mean, if we had an Instagram, we would post this. Maybe I'll tweet it. Yeah. Uh, I could just zoom in and crop it because it's it's something. <laughs> the buildings have faces. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so good. Um, well, thank you. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, yeah, I felt good about it. I was like, you know what? Yeah. This is fun. So yeah, um, there are no rules. No, yeah. I mean, like once I was realizing how poorly I was doing it, what it was supposed to be, and there's that moment of, oh God, you know what? Fuck this. I'm bad at this. And I was like, no, just fuck with it. And so, yeah. like, stop trying to do what they're telling you to do. Just like see what happens. And so yeah. that's you know, that's how it went. So life lessons here. Thank you. Uh, um. Uh, yeah. Well. Um. I. I feel like, I mean, to be honest, because we do have some other things we want to talk about, I do think I've said everything I need to say about Jennifer Hudson sure. in that I think that you can even just watch the clip on YouTube, but like, she, I mean, singing-wise, she fucking kills every song in this movie. She is a phenomenal singer, and mm-hmm. I recognize that like that is a talent, and it showed up in a movie, and it was in a somewhat supporting role, so that's why she got the Oscar, because she did stellar work maybe not acting but supporting or singing Um, best supporting singer yeah uh, a bss a bss Um, i think so go ahead sorry that's all that's all i had there that's all devil wears prada yeah nominated was that year that was that year (laughs) yeah just she was really channeling her yeah (laughs) yeah i think um to add to that this is the one scene that i we haven't talked about yet and and it's her singing um i am changing 
because that really is a moment for mm-hmm. me too. Like mm-hmm. the way that that is shot, though I just love the idea of, you know, someone who's been kicked down and is finally getting her chance uh at coming back and even being a little bit of a diva about it mm-hmm. as well too. There's a little there, there are notes of that. Mm-hmm. She's being difficult. Um the manager of the club doesn't want to see her and then she finally she's like, "Oh, you will, mister. You will." And then I mean another BSA to the man playing the piano. He is so cute. He's like this 400-pound man oh. and she comes up. She's like, "Do you know the song?" And he's like, "Yeah." And it's uh mm-hmm. it's great. And the transition from like the modulation of the song from her audition to like her at the club singing. Mm-hmm. I, I love her outfit. That sort of, oh man, what is it? A caftan with that like 70s short tight fro that she has. Yeah. Afro. It's great. It's it's awesome. Yeah, I love, I noticed that too. Like it reminds me of like what's love got to do with it when a movie um, covers like the 60s into the 70s is the way the fashion so dramatically changes. Yeah. Um, you know, I think of like Eddie Murphy in this, who I have to say, just to yeah, know... Yeah, should we talk briefly? Yeah. yeah. Um, I totally see why he was nominated, and I think he could have won. Uh, that is one of my BSA, like Best Supporting Actor snubs of like the century. Yeah. It's maybe not the century. I'm, I'm being a little bit dramatic about it but i it was i remember watching the 2020 interview with barbara Walters. she's like this is your year mm-hmm. you're finally here at the oscars and you're gonna win because <laughs> yeah. i think it seemed but he hadn't even alan arkin won the bafta that year um oh because alan like, arkin won that year yeah right. alan arkin and i remember i think i could be wrong so don't write letters but i feel that i read something or someone told me that um eddie murphy like left the ceremony after that happened yeah i heard he i remember hearing that that he was very Did not upset. take it well mm-hmm. yeah yeah um because it is really a, a pretty dynamic role for him he sings all of his stuff he gets to have the serious moment mm-hmm. i think it's a really well-rounded best supporting actor performance and it's eddie murphy yeah you know but alan arkin we love too i think that there's there's great things about him but as far as that star power yeah i mean i think like Aaron, alan arkin is fabulous in little miss sunshine but yeah it does feel like a more slight role when you compare it to what Eddie Murphy's doing in Dreamgirls. Like, it's just, I mean, you know, and I didn't see Blood Diamond, but I have to imagine that uh, Jaiman Hunsu was probably doing a lot more than Alan sure. Arkin as well. And even yeah. Jackie Earl Her- Haley in Little Children is a really creepy, yeah. incredible performance. Something really creepy. Um, I, I don't know. Um uh, but he did win the Golden Globe. I remember that. Oh, um, okay. And Jennifer both won the Golden Globe for best, you know, comedy or musical or actor, supporting actor. Mm-hmm. So there was some momentum there. It wasn't like it was, it wasn't, he was coming out of left field. I think that that, it should have been his Oscar and it wasn't. And I know like this year he's, um, I mean, at this point it will be passed, but he's hosting SNL this weekend. Um, wow. With, with Lizzo, which is a great, it's tonight. Yes. We're recording wow. on a Saturday. So tune in. If you haven't already, folks, or find it, because at this point it'll be passed. Mm-hmm. But um, so a great sort of push for like this Dolomite is my name. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to win best. At- That's a contentious category this year. Yes. Um, yes. Leading actor. It's stacked. That's so- a tough year. Yeah. Um, yeah. I uh, watching this, I was really blown away. He really did everything you need to do, I thought, to win. So yeah. Um, and Alan Arkin would feel like more of a novelty no- nomination. Like, oh, yeah, he was really yeah. great in a bunch of scenes, and he's really funny and whatnot. But, like, 
I would feel like it was one of the less impactful performances of the year. Yes, mm -hmm. I would agree. I would totally agree. So should have been Eddie's. Yeah, but that's okay. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, it's the way the cookie crumbles. So, <laughs> you know, I know. Um, well, uh, that I think, you know, we've got a couple uh, relevant Best Supporting Actress nominee uh, related news and, and updates yes. and performances to discuss before we get into our BSAs of the week. Um, as we had discussed last week, um, I had seen Hustlers but had not seen Knives Out and have now seen Knives Out. You had seen Knives Out and had not seen Hustlers. Have you since yeah. seen Hustlers? Yes, I have. Oh, we have so much to discuss. I'm so oh, excited. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, okay, I want to hear your thoughts on Hustlers and Keon's thoughts as well. Yes, because I I walked into um, after we recorded last week. I walked in. I was like, "Can Colin said that J Lo is like a contender?" I was like, "We need to watch this." So we rented it on I think like YouTube TV or something, yep. right? You, uh, I can't remember. Or we we streamed somehow. We streamed it on TV. This, these details don't matter. But um, <laughs> so we watched it. And um, okay, so here are my thoughts. I think her best work is in the last twenty minutes or fifteen minutes of the movie. Mm -hmm. Without really spoiling anything, I really think that this is, if not one of her best films for sure, or best performances by far. To um, the the only thing that I will say is as far as like my reservations to um, the the relationship between Constance Wu and Jennifer Lopez in this movie, I wish that there was some I wish it was fleshed out just a bit more because in the last scene where she when Jennifer Lopez does get so upset about this or even said um, it it's revealed that Jennifer Lopez carries a picture around mm -hmm. of uh, Constance Wu's characters character in her wallet i was like are you that close i just i think that there's this sort of detachment that jennifer lopez yes they she takes all these gals under her wing and she is like the the ringleader she's the danny zuko of everyone too but it's like if danny zuko you know was like all of a sudden really like i could see him and kanicki because him and kanicki are like best pals but he's not gonna like hang out with like I don't know, Sonny or right. Duty. Um, really, so, I mean, <laughs> yeah. <I'm> like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, I that's the that was a random. I didn't expect it to go to Greece, but sometimes you just gotta go there. Hey, you know. Uh, yeah. yeah, the rules are there uh, are no rules. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, I did think that that was a little bit, um, and even at the beginning, I mean, that shot of her in that fur coat at the beginning on that rooftop. It's like, I so I told Keanu, I was like, I need you to paint this and like put it in like mm -hmm. our bedroom or something. It is, be, she looks so good. Yeah, yeah. But there's something, I don't know, and a lot of people, I was listening to, listen to the podcast too, I listened to Pop Culture Happy Hour, I think they did an episode on this, possibly. No, I think it was their year in review, I'm babbling, but the way that she i just wanted maybe a little bit more of but before she like puts her coat around constance Wu, i just was that the first time they met mm -hmm. like oh what's, yeah mm -hmm. it seemed a little like i i get it mama bear i i'm buying it i think that i was already kind of sold with that too but i i just needed one more interaction before that i, I just yeah. to kind of make that a little bit like i don't know to see constant constance Wu like struggle on the floor or something and jennifer lopez gives like a glance to her and she's like okay i'm gonna help 
this bitch out and yeah like i saw you out there tonight like how did it go and she's like I, i'm not good at this and yeah. she's like and then she's like all right we'll come over here talk to me i don't know yeah uh but <clears throat> overall um i think she will definitely be nominated it would be crazy if she won yeah um I think it's like almost like the Golden Globe she might win. Mm -hmm. And just to give her that, she's having a year. She's performing at the Super Bowl. She just turned 50. She's There is so much momentum and like star power-ness of it all, of J-Lo, that's just like leading up to this. So I wouldn't be surprised if she won. Um, but all in all, I really enjoyed her performance. I don't know if I got whistle tones the whole time, but... The two things I will say are the last 15 minutes of her talking to Constance Wu and her entrance, just doing that pole dance alone was crazy. Yeah. Like the amount of work, you could tell she worked her ass off for this. So I agree. Those are my thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, listen, I agree. I don't think the movie is a perfect movie. I think some of the storytelling like is not solid. And like I, I had the same feeling at the beginning of like, oh, is this the first time they're meeting? Is this like, like it's a surprising rapport and where I expected it to be like, you know, this mysterious stranger on the roof that they're like meeting for the first time. Instead, it's like, oh, this is uh, an established relationship. Okay. Um, And so that was weird. I think I fully agree. Her best work isn't towards the end of the movie. And she, she, especially when she's, I think when she's talking to Julia Stiles character and she's talking about, um, Constance, Constance Wu's character and yes. like, just there's so much texture in there and there's so much nuance it's more it's like a Marissa Tomei kind of thing where like it's there's just how she's doing it and mm-hmm. it's just like it was so surprising to me how lived in she felt and I've never seen JLo so lived in in a role and so just like fully embodying something and I think it's a great 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 performance in an okay movie yeah i would agree yeah. i would totally agree and i do love when she shows her the pictures there's something about like mm-hmm. this is you know showing her certain things well this is that i carry it with me now so and there's like i feel like there's a moment where like she's done showing julia styles all the things so and then she starts to collect it. she's like so you know, that, that's yeah, that you yeah know? and she that's, tucks it away it's that moment it's that moment yeah it's that it's all of that yeah. like there's so much going so, on right anyways. here yeah. yeah anyway yeah it's i really enjoyed it i just i think i was so charmed by her and i love that it wasn't this like ice bitch of a role she was actually just this yeah. very likable very warm um you know beauty queen like it was just it was i i think she was just fascinating to me in this movie and um I guess it's like because I was so charmed by her, I'm like rooting for her now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think I let, since you were so enthusiastic about her when you first told me, I was like, I am ready for Mm -hmm. like the performance of a lifetime. And I think that sort of guided me through it. And then like when I didn't get it right away, I was like, oh, come on, J-Lo. I need, I need something. Mm -hmm. uh, And I saw things and then the last 15 minutes happened. I was like, okay, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but like, yeah, I would agree. A great performance. I don't know what's going to happen. There's, st- Ugh, Colin, we, we need to talk about Laura Dern still. Like, yeah. I, I'm concerned for the Dern. Do you um, think that she's going to win? Do you think Laura Dern's the shoe in? I think she honestly, I'm reading all of these articles. I'm, uh, it's like she has, like, 
JLo's story, like I just said, she has the momentum. It's her year. Laura Dern has the, like, established... She's on, like, the... What is it called? Like, the board of Oscars. You oh, know sure. She's, yeah. She's, like, a, a member of something. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone loves her. I think everyone's big moment where, like, the people, like, as far as, like, the moment she won it was that sort of, like feminist uh sort of like uh a rant about like men and how women have to kind of it's like in her office too but even within that like the the monologue was great there's something about her body language that really she was almost like wiry and loose and where i just wanted her to just like stand there and deliver mm-hmm. i know what you're talking about i don't about. know there's like this sort of like she's always always kind of like moving around and sort of like mm. going like this and you can't see what i'm doing but um i know what it's you mean. one of those yeah i was gonna yeah. say that's an interesting note because i think that's actually what i had a hard time with in her performance in general was i just wanted to like stop let me see who you are like i'm not getting anything yet like i'm not getting what is so dynamic about you and i need a moment here you know and it just she never really veers off from like the two notes that she plays and i think that i mean like i might watch it again and just watch her scenes and try to figure out what people are loving she's great is she the shoe in i mean again like i think why i feel j-lo is more of the shoe in for me is because there's just these moments where it's like she's doing extra credit. She's doing more than the scene is requiring. And I yeah. never felt like Laura Dern was doing more than the scene required, you know? Yeah, it's like, I let it be known that we're always rooting for Laura Dern. Mm-hmm. I just, it's just, I don't feel, I didn't get anything that, I almost feel like I'm missing something. Mm-hmm. And I think you're on the same thing. It's like, what is everyone else seeing that I'm not? So maybe it is worth a second rewatch or just a rewatch in general too. But, um... It's like the Renata Klein of it all, too. It's yeah. just like, had there not been Big Little Lies, maybe I'd be, I think we said that last week, or you said that, we we may be singing a different tune and be like, oh, yes, yeah. this is it. This is the performance. But, um, or maybe I heard that on a podcast. I don't know. Um, That's interesting. I hadn't thought of that. Um, yeah, the Dern. I feel like an example of like, just to, because I feel like I'm shitting on Laura Dern and I don't want to do that too much in my life. Yeah. But no. I feel like the example of Laura Dern doing extra credit is, it's one of my favorite moments is like, have you seen Jurassic Park? Yes. So obviously there's like the Raptor attack scene when she's trying to turn on the power again and she gets out of like the power, you know, hub or the powerhouse that she's like turning on the the electricity again and she closes the gate and then she like falls against it and cries. And it's just like, yes, the scene didn't need you to cry. But like, and I'm sure this is in the script and direction and whatnot, but like this elevated the role for me was the fact that she went through all of that and then cried, you know? Yeah. And that's what I'm looking for here, you know? Those raptor scenes haunt my night. Like, I I saw that. I think I've said this on Squirrel Friends several times. I still really get a lot of anxiety watching Jurassic Park. Because I went to see it in the theaters. And I think I was like seven or eight. And that is not the age to see Jurassic Park. I barely made it through the T-Rex scene. And once the raptor scene came, I had to leave. Mm -hmm. I was Sally Field. I was like, we have to go. We have to go right now. And I grabbed my mom. And she knew. And we stood outside. It was a hot summer day and I just like stared out into like the beyond. I was, it really is terrifying. It is. I'm just picturing you like taking her pocketbook and saying, I we have to go. I need to go and putting it over <laughs> yeah. your shoulder and leaving. Ugh, it's so scary. Yeah, Anyways. it is. No, I hear that. I would rewatch Jurassic Park again, mostly for Laura Dern. But um, yeah, 
that like that final attack scene in the kitchen oh my god I can't it's even. too much with the ice on the floor mm-hmm. it's or laura dern like when she finally meets up with the guy she goes run where she like grits through her yes. teeth because she like her ankles hurt or something and she's just like i need to keep going oh god oh. Ugh. laura dern in jurassic park she's great she is great and she's i just great. don't think this is this is not giving me i don't know what i expected i wanted her to be more grounded i wanted her to i wanted a courtroom scene where she was actually walking around maybe mm-hmm. and it's the fact that they were sitting down or uh, i wanted maybe a bit of her personal life like who is she mm-hmm. but like i feel the the thing that's really resonating with people too is like there was a, maybe an article where people uh people that were divorce lawyers watched laura dern's performance and like yeah this is it this mm. is like exactly like the sort of prototype for the modern day divorce lawyer. So in yeah. that case, I I get that. I acknowledge that. I think that that's also to be taken into consideration. But I agree. I agree. It's like yeah. how much someone is like nailing an archetype. Yeah, I can accept yeah. that. Um, but I just, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think J-Lo will get the Golden Globe at least. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways. Anyways, so I saw Knives Out. Huh. And I really loved it. And oh, I so was not familiar with, it's her name, uh, Anna de Armas. Is that her name? Yes. I was just about to look it up, but yeah, it's Anna de Armas. I was not familiar with her and I am obsessed with her. Oh, I'm so glad to hear. I mean, there's no way you can't. No. There's no way. She's, she is the protagonist of this movie. And and I mean, yeah, I'm not saying anything really. Um, I think that, Go ahead. Sorry, I'm interrupting your thoughts. No, no, no. I, I, everything you're saying, like, she is such a great protagonist. She is such a charming actress. I mean, that is, like, the key word is charm. It's like, yes. you've got to charm me. And, like, for me to kind of, like, get on that, that wavelength. And she is so incredibly charming and interesting and funny and, like, like emotionally, like, I don't know, present. Like, there's just so much about her where I'm like, where the fuck have you been? You're, I want to see you in everything now. Honestly, yes. Oh, yeah. She is so dynamic. And there is no possible way that you can ever figure out what is going to happen in this movie because it is mm. so original. Mm-hmm. I just love the idea of this classic Agatha Christie sort of setup, but also the fact that there are so many layers and details of the story that you don't see coming whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I think it is so clever and smart, and she's kind of at the center of it all, too. And I, speaking of two movies in a row, it's so funny because we saw Knives Out, um, where Anna de Armas has a very specific um, aversion to throwing up i mm-hmm. won't say anything mm-hmm. and we just and then we watch hustlers the next day which also has a scene <gasps> about oh. this, a character who also has an aversion or not a version um but is prone to throw up when nervous or something like yeah. that's all i'm gonna say but it's it's such a strange theme i hadn't uh, even thought of year. that yeah yeah i hadn't even thought of that i'm like is there any barfing in marriage story you know um, yeah right <laughs> yeah i maybe uh, on laura dorn's laura dorn's before i know you know <laughs> <laughs> maybe at the oscars yeah um yeah i uh i did not even notice that you're right it's a it's a you know a running theme this year uh it feels political so i yeah i i really enjoyed her and i was excited to see that she's going to be in uh an adaptation of a i guess it would consider it sort of like a somewhat historical fiction um uh 
book written by your favorite author, Miss Joyce Carol Oates, called <gasps> Blonde, where she'll be playing Marilyn Monroe. Wow. Yeah. I saw a couple pictures on IMDb, and it was interesting. Um, not who I would have expected for Mar- Marilyn Monroe, but maybe they're doing, I mean, I don't know, maybe she's going to affect a perfect Marilyn accent. What do I know? Yeah, Joyce Carol feeling her oats. Joyce Carol uh, feeling her oats. She's... <laughs> I love her. I, that's all I'm going to say. You yeah. love her. That hats. That hats. Oh, and those God. eyes. Yeah. I know. Those sunken in eyes. Okay. So other performances. Of course, you were excited to see Tony. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis. What are your thoughts? I thought she was great. She has that one point where she says, you little bitch or whatever. She, yeah. she, there's some bitch line where she just nails sure. it. I loved her. I thought Jamie Lee Curtis was great. I am mm-hmm. really enjoying her as like uh, an older salt and pepper or white hair actress. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the, the core, like the family, they all have, some have more to do than others too. Could have used a little bit more Tony, of course. Certainly. Um, yeah, absolutely. Was it still a respectable performance? Of course. Yeah. Um, she was great. Uh, Daniel Craig, what did you think? You know, it was such a, like a weird, and I'm, I was so glad they finally like, acknowledged like this totally anachronistic kind of character. It's like, where yeah. the fuck did you come from? I know. Um, yeah. But he was, I mean... By the end of it, it felt very, like, the whole time I kept thinking, this is not, like, an adaptation of something. This is original. Like, it feels referential because everything feels very, like, his character feels so as if there were books with this character or a movie with this character or comic books. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that was impressive. Yes, I think that's kind of what they were. That sort of homage to the old, like, what is that? The Poirot series? Like, yeah, uh, I don't know how to say it. P-O-I-R-O-T. Yeah, I've I've always avoided saying it. Yeah, I know. Because, well, I'll say it. I'll be wrong. I don't know. Um, But it is that sort of. That was almost like what you tuned in for. It's like the detective, um, Mm -hmm. especially with like some Agatha Christie stuff like um, Mm yeah. It's kind of the star of the show, so to speak. But Ana de Armas is the star of the show. Let it be known. But I I will say he's doing some great accent work. I think that mm-hmm. like it is like, just like Melissa Leo towing the line of camp, it is like also towing the line of being ridiculously over the top. But um, it is just enough um, and just specific enough too. And it's called out during the movie. Mm-hmm. Chris Evans, I mean. Chris, Chris Evans. Evans. Yeah. Uh, Chris Evans, he, he looks like... He looks like his head should be molded onto the back of a quarter. You know what I mean? Like he just has this like <laughs> presidential profile to him, you know? I mean, the all-American man. It makes sense that he's Captain America too, but I was just totally into him. I'm still thinking about him. I'm still thinking about the movie, but I'm I'm thinking about him a lot more nowadays too than I than I ever used to. Yeah, he I <sighs> don't I don't watch much with cuz I don't really watch like the Captain America Marvel Same. stuff and so it it doesn't really cross my path, but um, he certainly knows how to wear the hell out of a white cable knit sweater. I'll give oh, him that. My God. There's something sexy about how dangerous he is too. Mm. Like, cause he, uh, without giving anything away, because I don't want to talk about any details of the movie. No, nope. honestly, every moment matters. Mm-hmm. And it just does. The little Easter eggs that you don't even think are Easter eggs. I said this last week too, mm-hmm. and then they're like, you're just kind of like, ah. Oh. Well, I feel like the mug. The coffee the mug. mug. Yes, I, I was waving my hanky uh, at the end of that movie. I was, the hand position on the mug. It was uh, perfection. And I didn't see it coming. And then when it showed up, I was like, are you kidding me? It was just yeah. 
so good. It's Uh-oh. so great. The way she's just standing on top of that mm-hmm. is great. Well, you know, and I loved in the beginning, I just, I loved the way that Fran, like when she started to like drop the tray, like she saves the mug and then the cuts to the credits. And that's such a, it's so expected for the mug to break. And just yes. like the mere fact that they ended Ooh, the scene on I that note that. of her saving it. I was like, this is a different movie. Got it. This is a different movie. Yeah, it really is. It is well worth a second watch too, because mm. I I want to even pick up because I didn't pick that up. I forgot all about the fact that she didn't drop it. Mm-hmm. It's how great. brilliant is that? Also, Genius. the grandmother, the, the grandmother. grandmother. I want to be her for Halloween. Yeah. Oh, I know. Every the... day in my life. <laughs> I know. I know. I felt like she was like a Jim Henson character. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh, she's so great. Yeah, it was it was really enjoyable and really impressive, and I um, I also loved Marta's mother. I don't know why she, there was something about her. I feel like yeah. it, especially in the beginning when she was like yelling at her sister, she's like, "Would you turn that off? Would you stop? Her friend just died." Would, it was just like <laughs> yeah, the chaos of that apartment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Knives Out is a. Um, I think the most exciting thing was how unique it felt and how original it felt, and there's so little it feels that that even if it's an original story plays out originally, you know, and like this yeah. just kept me guessing. And I just, you know, not even from just the murder mystery standpoint, but just from the, like, I don't know what this movie's going to do. And that feels exciting. Yeah. To the, oh, it's like, I want to talk about so much. I will just do it off mic too. But I, yeah. I, I have a couple more things to say that are a little too spoilery too. But. And it's fair for anyone who hasn't seen it. You don't want to go in knowing anything other than what we've told you that there's lots of great women in it. Yeah, honestly, and you can, like I said before, you can't possibly guess the end of this movie yeah. or mm-hmm. who did it or how it was done or the aftermath or anything like that. It, it is awesome. Yeah. And Christopher Plummer's great, too. He's it, great, let it be too. Known. He's great. He yeah. is great. Yeah. Yeah. It's a um, it's a solid cast. Um, yeah. So I think that then leads us finally uh, to our last segment is uh, BSA of the Week, which, uh, as I uh, like to remind everybody, is a performance, an actor, a thing, a food, a song, anything in our lives that is acting as the best supporting actress in our lives right now. Um, it's been a week of best supporting actresses this on this episode. But what yeah. is your BSA of the week? Oof. Okay. Um, I woke up this morning to a BuzzFeed article that... Um, basically was titled the the trailer for the fine like the full trailer for the final season of Shit's Creek is here. <gasps> oh my god. Yeah. I didn't know yeah. about that. Oh my so god. So there was the teaser trailer where everyone is just like kind of dressed up what for what I can assume Patrick and David's wedding. Um and it's just like, you know, the last season everyone's walking in slow motion, everyone looks fabulous too, but this is like the full trailer and it'll make just be prepared because it's going to make you cry. Um, oh my and God. it's going to make you laugh. And it's, if, if the trailer is half as good as the, the season itself, we're in for just, I'm not ready. I'm, I'm not, not ready. ready. And I, and also just like throwing this out into the universe, how does, you know, an American or Americans, Colin and I, how do we watch this? How do we watch pop TV? Is that something that's on the internet for just like free or that's like, do you have to have a cable subscription in order to do it? Because pop TV is... Or maybe you know the answer, Colin. I, know. I know that it's what the TV Guide channel used to be. Okay. Um, I think that we can probably access it on like iTunes or Amazon and just like Ooh, okay. buy the season. And that's what I'm, I'm going to do. I'm not going to wait. Um, no, I can't. I no. can't wait. No. I, 
Oof. and then I'm going to watch the whole thing in two days. It's just, you know, yeah. it's just Shit's Creek is like loving a senior animal. You know, it's just like, oh, there's just not enough time left. There's just too much love, you know? Yeah, I know. You know, it's just. <laughs> loving a senior animal. <laughs> It's just like this old golden retriever that just yes, it's already gray in the face, and my heart is still swelling. You know, yeah, the cataracts in their eyes, totally, yeah, totally. But, but I'm I'm just so thrilled and excited for it that it it just really kind of besides the possibility, uh, not even the possibility, the 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 promise of our Steel Magnolias episode. That's 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 <laughs> a runner up as well too. I, <laughs> It's, it's really giving me joy. Oh, good, good. Well, perfect timing uh, this holiday season. Um, well, that's great. Thank you. That is uh, what a what a yeah, great heads up. It. I can't yes, wait. Yeah. Um, my BSA of the week. So uh, for All Right, Mary, Johnny and I just recorded our Christmas Matreon, which should be out by now um, for our Patreon. Um, but we did a recap of The Family Stone. Have you seen The Family Stone? Have I oh. seen it? <laughs> yes, I've seen. I mean, somebody I... hand me a fork. Somebody get... <laughs> because, oh my god, that dinner scene. That dinner oh. scene. <laughs> hey, hey, you. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, we like to talk about Diane Keaton on this podcast yeah. as much as possible, and I th- think there is a there is a range of Diane Keaton from like clutching her from from annie hall to clutching her turtleneck and screaming to like the abysmalness of like because i said so which i don't think have you seen yet no have you because i said so yeah i had seen it but i had only seen it once and i just remember it being a complete catastrophe but i i would be willing to go watch it just because of because i said so yeah yeah because you said so yeah (laughs) it's so bad yeah and so I have a, 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 you know, I think we both have kind of a, a very mixed bag of emotions about Diane Keaton and her acting and whatnot. I have to say, it is some of Diane Keaton, later career Diane Keaton's best work. Yes. It is so you. restrained. It is so good. She's, she's so good in it. I just, as much as I talk about Hanging Up or best, because I said so, like terrible movies she's been in. Um, or the overacting of the first wives club and the screaming like this, she just like nails it. And I don't know what it was, but like I was a wreck during this movie. There were too many times that I cried and I was like, what is the deal? And no, it's, it's, it's great. Yeah. It's, um, and Sarah Jessica Parker is phenomenal. She really knocks it out of the park in that movie. Um, yeah. Uh, that scene when it's all building up and she, um, she's making the strata and then um, someone says like, oh, you know, oh, so-and-so, there's mushrooms in it. Oh, so-and-so is allergic. And then she's picking them out. And then like Luke Wilkinson, com- you know, comes in and he looks at it and he says, you know, oh, there are mushrooms in that. And she goes, I didn't know. And then, and then it cuts and she just like freaks out. It's so good. It's like, yeah. it's it's great. It's a great movie. It's a holiday movie. So obviously, um, you know, anyone watching, listening to this on or around Christmas, you can still watch it um i highly recommend watching it again in this holiday season it's great amy uh, it's a delight uh, rachel, rachel mcadams, McAdams. rachel mcadams yeah. has some great acting um the guy from parks and rec 
Um, yeah, Mark Brandanowitz. Mark Brandanowitz. <laughs> he's actually one of my favorite characters in the movie. Oh yeah, he's so goofy and and yeah, kind of handsome in a way. It's like it's like it's so it's it is great. Oh, yeah. I totally have a crush on Mark Brandanowitz. I think oh. he's so cute. Yeah, he's like the Jim, the wannabe Jim of Parks and Recreation. Yeah, just didn't work out. It just yeah, got... that's a good point. Yeah, that's kind of what it was. Um, he got a letter under his door, just like Jiggly Kelly. Yeah, he like, got jigglyed. Yeah. <laughs> I got jiggly. <laughs> I have to say the the one other scene that I just I just love is at the the dinner table scene. I'm I'm so excited to listen. To I'm sure you broke it down too. But after Sarah Jessica Parker, does she leave the table? Mm-hmm. She says like, "Excuse me," and then she's like, "Hey," she throws something at him, and then she signs. Yep. Yeah. The she... next line, which I won't say because it is just super powerful. And the other part is uh, when they open up the framed picture. Um, when they're oh. opening gifts too, and she said, "That's that's me and you, kid." And then Rachel that's McAdams cries. Forget it. Forget it. I know. I know. It's all I know. over. I know. It's so. Uh, and I just love that dinner table scene. Like the way Diane Keaton plays, like wanting all of her kids to be gay, and she's like laughing about it. Yeah. It's so good. Like she. I'm. I'm really. I really. The only thing I didn't like about the Family Stone is I think the whole like. Um, the the when the when the brothers start fighting and there's the home alone Tchaikovsky music music and it all just like yes, all the yes. chaos I it feels so shoehorned in and so unnecessary and like totally like out of left field just for like stuff they could put in the trailer you know oh yeah it's like I love you got home alone Tchaikovsky music that's I mean that's what it is that's what it is it's just like. It, it's so out of nowhere that I'm just like, where is Catherine O'Hara running through Chicago O'Hare Airport? You know oh, what I mean? Yes. So, um, so yeah, I have to say my BSA of the week is the Family Stone slash Ms. Diane Keaton. Oh, I love that. Um, I have to actually address we we didn't we kind of glazed over it even though we kind of talked about it. We didn't talk about the moment she won it. Oh my goodness. I guess I yes. Yeah. Uh for Jennifer Hudson. Which is fine. We'll we'll backtrack. Let's do it. Um That's true. Um Yes. I mean I guess for me, I mean it is obviously in the and I'm telling you I'm not going. Mm-hmm. And I think there are some moments where she just gets bug eyed and just like wild eyed when she's singing. And I think it's where I can see Jennifer Hudson just ringing herself out, trying to get a performance out with the song and just like working her ass off that I'm like, okay, like you got to give it to her. This is just someone who's dancing and singing as fast as they can, you know? Yes. Um, to, to add to that more specifically, but I'm, I'm, I'm assuming we're almost talking about the same part. It's right at the very end where she's like, I'm staying I'm staying where she just like says it and she does this thing with her hands where she like waves them up and down. Yeah. Like she, she doesn't know what else to do with her body. It's, it's coming through her body at that point too, which, um, and it's, she's right at the end of that catwalk. Mm-hmm. And then she like, it's right before she turns around to, or starts to make the walk back to, yeah. Well, um, it's it, almost like she's yeah. throwing a tantrum. It's like, a, uh, and she, just the way that she shakes her hands, it's just, it's wonderful. Yeah. I can picture it. And I'm, it also reminds me of the way that she was kind of like moving from like foot to foot. Like she kind of mm. does this sort of like tippy tap with her feet throughout most yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah. it yeah. And it's very kind tippy of tap. like, it, it's not like choreography. It's like somebody nervously like moving. Yeah. And that really was interesting to me as well. The, mm-hmm. In this scene, the way that it's filmed, um, 
it's so cinematic, it's so big, it's so operatic, and yet it's kind of like Jennifer Holiday at the Tonys in her in her her Chico's, um, you know, <laughs> casual wear, um, where it's like that mundane detail makes it all more interesting. Like the fact that Jennifer Hudson is not moving in like very strict choreography, but is giving this like even what you're talking about with the hands that she's giving this this very human body language in this very over the top moment. Um, makes it more interesting and like grounds it in reality more yeah so absolutely uh yeah i just wanted to give her just a little bit more yeah uh some more props she deserves it she does oscar yeah i mean she got an oscar for it for god's sake so the least we can do is uh remember the moment that she won it before we get played off much like jennifer hudson was at the oscars yeah so we know your feelings we know how you feel jay hud we are going through it right now (sighs) How dare they? Well, as we are getting um, getting the cane here, how can people um, who want to talk to us about Jennifer Hudson or any other Oscar-nominated or winning performance um, or anything really, how can they get in touch with us? They can also send us an email to our official email for the podcast, which is thebsapod at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter at BSA Pod. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and where do we get more of just if they're like, you know what? I don't really want to talk to Colin. How do I just reach out to Nick? How do they get that? <laughs> How do they do that? They can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Nick Kachanov. And I would also suggest too, if you want more notes on a scandal content, go and listen to the In the Details episode with Colin and myself. It's uh, we had such a great time. Mm. Um, and I would say also if you want more podcast where I am a part of it. Uh, go to Squirrel Friends uh, Cocktail Hour, and you can also look up the No Good, Very Bad Gay. And uh, I also did an episode with Jennifer Holiday and Jennifer Hudson uh, for my season two, where we talked about singers and divas that I was not as familiar with. So there's a whole episode with my good friend Missy um, where we break that down as well. All right, all right, all yeah. right. Uh, well, if you, uh, for some reason, don't want to talk to Nick and you just want to talk to me, you can reach out <laughs> to me on Twitter at Colin Drucker or Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. Um, or you can hear me on, uh, as Nick mentioned, In the Details, a celebration of nuance. And if you want to find that Notes on a Scandal episode, it's called Notes on Notes on a Scandal with Nick Kachanov. So try to make it easy for you. <laughs> Um, Or you can hear me talking about drag queens and drag competition reality TV shows on All Right, Mary. And I think that's everything. I think all we're left to do is just thank, you know, gosh, go down the line. Yeah, Jennifer Hudson, Kate Blanchett. I mean, Judy. Judy, Judy Dench, Dench, Jennifer Lopez, (laughs) Anna de Armas. Yes, Diane that Keaton. cable knit sweater, Diane Keaton, the like, Strata. The Strata, um, you know, Chris Evans in general. And um, beautiful. Yeah, I and of course Celia Weston, because why not? And, and let's yeah. see if we can get her a better IMDb picture. I know. Is there no justice in the world? Is there no justice? Uh, um, but well, anyway. I hope everyone had a safe and happy holiday as well. And uh, I guess we might see you in the new year, right? The Wednesday uh, after Christmas is January 1st. Wow. Yeah. 2020. 2020. This is 2020. <laughs> and that, as they say, is that. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> there. It's all over. It's all it's over. It's all over. <laughs> uh, Perfect. Perfect. <laughs>